there was one day where I think this might be appropriate for our Masters of Ceremony. Please. But I was high as hell on mushrooms. <laughs> and, I, and now the waves in Nicaragua are are, are powerful. It's like, yeah. you know, this beach break, like hollow waves, which like I don't, I like like it's, I like it, but I, I like point breaks. I like a more groovier thing than I can handle. But we pulled up to the beach, and I was just, I was, it was really, I was really feeling it. I actually had to take a walk and listen to Abbey Road to kind of calm down. But then I finally, like, I paddled out, and it was, like, at least six foot, like, wow. six to eight foot. And as soon as I got out there, I was like, what am I doing out here? Peace, everyone. Welcome to Masters of Ceremony. This is your host, Andrew Ascaripour, also known as Fifth God. This week's episode was probably the funnest one I've had the pleasure of recording to date, and that is because I got to sit down with a childhood friend of mine, Annie Treza. Annie Treza is a singer-songwriter, surfer, uh, traveler, and amazing performer as you guys will see she gets to share some of her songs with us on this podcast live which was really awesome to experience something different that i've never done on this podcast before but hope to do a lot more of in the future um annie is someone who is so interesting to me because she is this amazing singer and songwriter but also really deeply embedded into the surf culture of montauk new york which is on the east end here in long island it was really cool to get to record this podcast in the back of her van out in montauk by the water uh that was something that i really enjoyed to do and something i look forward to doing more on this podcast is taking my cameras and my equipment with me to other places and recording episodes in the settings that some of these guests are most comfortable in. So as you will hear in this episode, we discuss Annie's initial love for music, her influences that led her to really love music of past generations, not only current pop music, but music of the 60s and the 70s and the inspiration she had as a young woman growing up wanting to begin writing some of her own songs and become a performer and she is an incredible performer you will get to hear some of her songs shortly but it was really a pleasure to get to discuss her love for montauk for surfing for the ocean and for nature in general she really has such a beautiful relationship to the element of water and uh it has been a real honor to get to know her. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I think there's a lot that many people will get to really learn about and hear about. I think she's a character who um, has a unique perspective and unique story to share. So I really hope you guys enjoy the show. Tune in after today's episode if you want to learn more about Annie Treza, her music, where you can find her, etc., etc., and also how you can continue to support this podcast. I'm sure all of you already know, but leaving a review, a comment, simply sharing with a friend, all of these things really help us to grow this new platform. And for those who are interested, I'm still doing the sweepstakes that I've been offering the past couple other episodes as well. I'm giving away one free limited edition vinyl of my debut album as a record producer, The Fifth Tape. 
Tune in after the show to learn more about how to enter this contest. Enjoy the show, everyone. Peace. Annie Treza, welcome to Masters of Ceremony. Oh boy, thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. This is um, one of the best things about starting this podcast is being able to document wonderful conversations with people who are considered dear friends of mine. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'd say we're pretty dear friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Grew up in the same town and um, both Long Islanders and both are into many of the same things, so... Yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm you're very, very welcome. Very excited. Yeah, for those who don't know, um, Annie is just an awesome, extremely talented musician. She is a rad surfer. She is um, a lover of the ocean. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> an amazing performer. Oh, boy. And um, before we get into everything that you're into, I would love for you just to paint us a picture a bit about your early upbringing and maybe some of your earliest memories relating to music and the guitar which you have such a close relationship with oh boy well that is uh let's see i feel like i've always been pretty much obsessed with music i feel like i was always like i remember just like being in the car and back then it was cassette tapes and my dad had all the beatles and Beach Boys and stuff like that. And I just remember, like, every time I get in the car, the first thing I got to do is turn on the radio. And I still do that. It's all about what song is on. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I feel like um, love for music, I, I I would say probably, actually, yeah, started at, I, I remember being, like, five, six and listening to Beatles tapes, Beatles mm. CDs, um, mostly. Um, there was, like, the Beatles 1 CD that I was pretty listen to a lot but I feel like uh, they definitely influenced a lot of my love for music but uh, my dad is actually a piano player he's a very mm. good pianist and yeah. organist <laughs> and um, I actually grew up in the ch in church I went to church for mm. a long time so I would say that that's actually probably uh, it was was a big part of the early introduction to music because my dad was in the church band yeah. my whole life so was my older brother so um, I was exposed to that, and yeah, just hearing my dad play in the house, yeah, and just having a love for it. And um, I took piano lessons from mm -hmm. like age seven to twelve. I would never found a teacher I was too keen on, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I stopped taking lessons when I was twelve because I always just had a, I always wanted to play guitar. Yeah, I was, I was really. <laughs> I also would say that one of my big influences is Avril Lavigne. When I was 10 years old, I was pretty obsessed, and that, that probably really inspired me. I just really wanted to play guitar, yeah. and I, um, I got a guitar when I was, like, 10, but I didn't really start taking it seriously till I was about 15. I got, like, an electric guitar for Christmas, and then I got an acoustic, and um, I had these, like, teachers in high school, after school, and I would just learn Beatles and Bob Dylan songs, and they taught me a lot. And yeah. It was kind of just, like, our own little after-school program. Mm. And I feel like that was a lot for as far as, like, learning guitar. And then uh, I was always writing in books. I've been carrying journals around since I was as long as I can remember, and uh, I knew songwriting was something that I really wanted to do. Yeah. So, that was a ramble. But. No, per per perfectly said. <laughs> and, I, I, uh, I, I mean, you're someone who I never see without a journal. <laughs> yeah. Or some type of doodle book or something. Yeah, they, they're, yeah. Always, they're always around yeah. within reach. I'm super curious, though, um, as a youth and as a teenager, what attracted you to music of past generations like the Beatles and music of the 60s? And, you know, because growing up where we grew up and, and just in our age group, 
a lot of times people just gra uh, gravitate towards pop music or what's out at the time. But you like <laughs> you're like a historian to me when it comes to older music, especially from like the 60s and the 70s. So what even attracted you to that kind of music? I yeah, well, probably my my parents, mm -hmm. I guess I would say like. Um, yeah, like I said, like my dad, well, also too, the church, we weren't really allowed to listen to worldly music. Yeah, I was going to ask um, you, <laughs> like, how was the church an influence on you as well? Because the type of music you make now yeah. and listen to is very different than uh, gospel music or something. Yeah, you know? well, I, I, I do actually like gospel music a lot, but I mean, um, I guess it was just, yeah, like I guess I didn't really, like I didn't buy, like my parents didn't buy me like what was it? I don't even know. In sync and Backstreet Boys was like <laughs> all my friends were like, "You don't know these songs," and I'm like, "No, I never listened to that stuff." Because I, there I was with Beatles tapes, and I guess it was because of my parents, because that was what was in the car. Yeah. Like my dad, literally, yeah, I could think of like every, pretty much every Beatles album, but my dad would always skip the George Harrison songs because he didn't <laughs> like the sitar and the other stuff. Yeah. But um, it's a little too Eastern for yeah. him. <laughs> but um, no, it was definitely my parents. Like my yeah. my dad, it was um. It was definitely like the Beatles and the Beach Boys and like the Mamas and the Papas and all like the 60s stuff like that. Which, yeah, I wasn't allowed to listen to worldly music, but I was allowed to listen to that stuff. <laughs> and I mean, he would just buy that stuff for me. And then I would always hear it in the car. And then like my mom, then she, she had like Joni Mitchell and Led mm. Zeppelin. And, and my mom, I would always get CDs and stuff for Christmas. And I remember one Christmas I got a couple CDs and there was Beatles. There was a couple church related things. And then there was Beach Boys, and then there was a Bob Dylan CD. It was the mm. essential Bob Dylan, and I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> and I put it on, and the first song was Lay, Lady, Lay, and I was just hooked. So I, I was 10 years old for that one. Mm. So my mom definitely turned me on to Bob Dylan, and which is another huge influence. Yeah, a huge me. influence for you, So I guess sure. my parents, probably, and yeah. I just like it. I like it so much better. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you were just instantly attracted to it. Yeah. yeah wow, definitely. so... Um, you said you didn't get serious until you were about like 15 years old playing guitar and um, yeah. just uh, realizing that this was something that wasn't just a regular hobby. Um, what made you actually say to yourself that this is something that I want to actually attempt to do with my life? I want to start playing live gigs. I want to start writing songs of my own and sharing them with others. Well, let's see. I, I do remember the exact moment that I was, that I was, uh, that I was like, you know what? I think I want to write songs. I was laying in bed feeling my first little bit of heartache. Uh, and like, I think it was like 15. And I was listening to Don't Think Twice, It's All Right, which is probably one of the best songs ever written, Bob Dylan's song. And I remember it was just like a certain verse just like hit my soul so much. And I was like, I, I want to write music. I want to write my own songs because I was feeling a lot. And that's what that's how you get your feelings out. Mm. At least for me, it's like it's such a form of therapy. And um, I, I feel like, yeah, I guess it was like once I learned a couple chords, then it would just like try to write words to go with them. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't sing until uh, I was like 19 or something in front of people. Like once I started writing songs, I was like, well, I have to sing in front of people. But I never thought I was a singer. Like but you were singing by yourself before this. I would sing in my okay. room or like with the, with like the doors closed, but I wouldn't even sing if like my mom was home. And this was like through high school. Cause like I said, I guess it was 10th grade that I started really playing guitar but I would just play guitar like I wouldn't sing mm. um first time I think I got on like a stage in front of people aside from my friend's sweet 16 birthday party where I played <laughs> three songs I played guitar and my friend sang um I did the, the school play 
mm-hmm. for the school thing and when I was a senior and I think we did like Hallelujah, that's that song Hallelujah, and I played guitar, and that was like the first time I was in front of people. But even then, I like still didn't sing, I just played guitar. And then I went away to art school, and instead of doing my painting homework, I was in my room writing songs. So <laughs> I've decided that maybe music was a better route for me. I think that summer, I came out here, and I, there was a local restaurant in town, and I just was like, I, I'm gonna just ask if I could play a gig. Yeah. And I, again, had never sang in front of people other than like a couple friends at this point. And um, I went in and I was like, oh, what do you have to do to play music here? The guy's like, just play music. And I was like, okay. Well, he's like, you want to play two weeks from today? And I said, sure. Wow. So, you know, guy, I, at this point, I had already known like a bunch of songs because I was always like learning, yeah, Beatles and Bob Dylan and whatever I wanted to sing. And then I played a gig one Friday afternoon at the Gig Shack in town here in Montauk. Mm-hmm. And um, it went well. And they had me back then for the rest of the summer. And it just been going on ever since. Wow. <laughs> Wow, yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um for those who don't know who where out here is, um, we're actually recording this in Montauk, Long Island, in New York currently, where Annie is an official and well recognized native <laughs> and local. Um <laughs> Well, technically I'm not native. I wasn't born yeah, here, yeah, but yeah, I've completely. lived here for the better half of my life yeah. and it is surely home. So. Yes, it is your it is your home. It you is are my home. a local, everyone knows you here and um it is such a pleasure for me to be spending time out here in Montauk once again. It's been, yes. it's been a couple of months for me. We've had plenty of good times here. Yeah, you have really welcomed me here, although um, I am such a huge representative of all things Long Island. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until me and you started hanging where I really started to spend time out here in Montauk. So we're going to circle back to a lot of the music things, mm-hmm. but since we're on the topic of just spending time in this magical place of Montauk, I think... Uh, you know, when people think of New Yorkers, they rarely think of surfers it's and like true. groovy vibes. Um, but Montauk totally is like, you know, <laughs> contrary to that notion, it's like full of surfers, full of laid back, you know, people just playing music and having beach fires. And um, you're definitely a part of that scene. What was it that really attracted you to Montauk and... Um, allows you to start spending time out here because I don't know if you started living out here during high school or ha- after high school or or what well it's my mom mm. um we uh we were always I was always you know going to the beach because I was always a little beach rat we used to go to like West Hampton a lot and then I lived so close to Smith's Point and I I surfed there a lot when I was younger and then when I was like 12 we really started coming out here a lot it was like the weekends um my mom and my little brother and I and we would just like be at the beach all day and then we would just set up a tent like right down the street from here back then there was really no rules and uh (laughs) so we would camp out here on the weekends and I remember we would get back late Sunday night and I would go back to school and this was in like eighth grade but like once we started coming out here like I don't I don't I don't think I ever went back to like cup sog or anything like that because it's just yeah it's a lot more magical out here and the waves are just a lot more consistent and better but um my mom she made the move out here when I was uh I was like 15 or 16. I was a junior in high school. So my mom moved out here like the middle of my junior year. Mm. And uh, so then I would still just come out on the weekends or whenever I didn't have school. And then I stayed in Bellport for my senior year because I didn't want to switch schools with one year left. But yeah. I would be out here and I would like take the train, the five 5.39 a.m. train on Monday <laughs> mornings, get off and walk to school. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was definitely my mom. Cause she, mm. I guess, always had a love for here, and yeah. then 
uh, just, yeah, she moved out here and I followed. <laughs> wow. wow. And, and did your love for the ocean and for surfing, did it start from coming out here or was it there even before you moved out to Montauk? No, it's, it's definitely always been there. And that's as well as something that comes from my mom because she's a water person too. Like my mom surfs and she's, uh, she grew up around boats and the water and things like that. So pretty much everything I learned, I learned from her. But I, like I was saying before, like I was always like boogie boarding and just always in the water. Like going to the beach was the highlight of summer. Yeah. If it was one or two days a week at that point in time, cause like I was young and whatever. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was always my favorite thing. Like I've always loved it. And I, I would want to stay all day like with my mom we would stay <laughs> we would get there early and stay till sunset it's yeah. still what i do I, I spend more time next to the ocean than i do at home that's yeah for sure. of course i think almost any time yeah. we get on the phone you're either watching the waves or you're about to get in or you yeah. just got out <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's definitely i think it's 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 in my blood it's always yeah. been there yeah. that's for sure for those who um have only heard about and haven't had the fortune of spending time out here in montauk how would you describe it for people because i think um <laughs> You know, Montauk is obviously one of the, like, meccas within the nation for surfing, or at least uh, a hotspot for surfing within all of the country. You know, people hear Montauk and they think, think of surfing. But I also feel like being from Long Island, there's a lot of misconceptions about this place. And, um, you know, you have a lot of outside people coming here for the summertime and just yeah. visiting. But how would you describe Montauk just in a nutshell for you? And some of the things you like most about it. Well, it's it's definitely a surf town and a fisherman town for sure. It has changed a lot, even in the time that I've been here. I imagine it was even more mellow before we arrived, but we kind of got here before it really started to switch because it has definitely become a very trendy hotspot for the mm. wealthier folk and the city people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but how would I describe it? It's the most magical place in the world. What I said to my neighbor this morning was, like, if you really live here and you really know the people and the cast of characters that really call this place home, it's it's just, yeah, it's like something out of a movie. Mm, it's super magical yeah. all year long. Um, and uh, I described it to my neighbor this morning. I said, you know, it's kind of like a combination of Alice in Wonderland and Peter Pan. <laughs> Neverland, <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest. Um, That's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's... I mean, there's definitely some wild and interesting characters out here. Um, yeah. That's one of the biggest... Uh, one of the biggest things about Montauk that I find personally is that there are just some really unique people out here with some <laughs> amazing stories. Artists. Like, a <laughs> yeah. lot of artists mm, have spent yes. time out here forever. Yeah. And it's definitely, like, there's a lot of uh, creative energy. Like, yeah. for me, I, I feel so lucky to call this place home because I'm constantly inspired. Mm. And also, it's the, the furthest point East, um, on Long Island, yes. and I don't know. I don't know if exactly if the furthest place on the East Coast, but we're sticking out in the ocean, surrounded by water. Yeah, like almost. You know, you can you can be to the water in a few minutes from yeah. wherever you are, yeah, and that you know that for me is like I need that. And now that yeah. I know what it's like to live within walking distance to the surf, I I couldn't imagine living anywhere else. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I think uh, just the creative energy that is out here in Montauk is so appealing for artists of all types, you know, uh, even historically, you know, painters coming out here, mm -hmm. and spending time and musicians. And I think for you, someone who loves surf, having a, uh, a location where you can catch some waves and also play some live gigs and write music on the beach is like perfect yeah. for an artist like you, you know. 
So speaking of waves, um, you are such a passionate surfer. I feel like surfing is as much a part of your life as music is. Yes. And I actually feel like they um they connect with one another in many ways for your life. They're like uh, you know, two different bridges that bring you to the same state of peace. That's a wow, that's a great way to describe <laughs> it. You could, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> well, wow. I think uh, well, from you it's like I see a difference after you surf or like yeah. when you're about to go surf. Like, Definitely. Like you just got a dose of medicine after yeah, coming out. Yeah, that's that's totally true that's what it is it's like uh yeah it's like so i don't say meditative is that the yeah, right? yeah, completely. it's so it's pretty much the most meditative thing that um that i can do but it's so certainly a form of therapy uh yeah it's a great form of therapy it clears the mind and um definitely keeps one sane but the <laughs> surfing and music are definitely connected they're both my creative outlets and the things that i'm most passionate about in life yeah yeah definitely for sure and i feel like um especially out here um, at least if you're like a local and you call this place home, there's definitely a deep sense of family within the, the surfing community um, yeah. for the most part. You know, like you and you go out with your board, you see a bunch of other people, you know everybody, and you guys are just hanging out, having a great time. Um, yeah, and your mom is out there as well sometimes. Oh, yeah. Which is awesome. <laughs> shout That's out to Bethy. Shout out Bethy <laughs> yeah. for everything, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Such a great woman. But, um, yeah, I want to know just, um, you know, someone who is not even a good swimmer, someone who definitely has not spent any time on a surfboard. Uh, I would love to just hear about what that feeling is, you know, just being out in the ocean and riding a wave. I think there's so many listeners out there who have never experienced it, but surfing is always something that people think would be so cool to do. It, I would love for you to articulate just the feeling. Oh, man, I don't even know if I could put it into words because it's just the greatest feeling ever. I mean, you're connecting with the ocean, which is the most powerful thing on this planet. I mean, water takes up more more the earth than land is. But yeah. like and um, yeah, there's definitely no cooler feeling than than riding a wave because it's like this this element that's like mm. changing even as you're riding it. And it's so unpredictable. But um, I yeah, I don't I think that like. I don't even know how to describe it other than that's the greatest feeling in, in in the world. It I don't know, it just brings you so much happiness and just there's just nothing groovier <laughs> to be honest. But um yeah, and it's it's like I've been surfing now since I was ten. So that's I guess it's like yeah, it's been like a long time, over yeah. fifteen years. But um You always like, say you don't consider yourself as good, but I think you're pretty good. <laughs> well, I mean, growing up here where we have winters, I didn't really surf year round until I was probably like seventeen or eighteen. So yeah. I guess then I would say more like ten years, but that I've been surfing, but um like super consistently. Yeah. But um yeah, it's just I mean, I'm just like obsessed with the ocean. Yeah. Pretty much. So it seems it's like uh not to cut you off, it seems like it's a form of deep spiritual nourishment yes for you totally yeah but it's like there's enough there's just like no greater feeling than paddling out and yeah being able to catch waves and connect yeah. with something so beautiful and powerful and inspiring yeah i feel like i i could think of better ways to word this but right now <laughs> this <laughs> no, is what's perfect. coming to mind yeah well maybe um maybe now would be a good time to uh share one of your songs that maybe uh I don't know, I can do it with surfing or I can do it with Montauk or anything you're feeling in this moment. I mean, we're sitting in 
the beautiful sun out here in Montauk right now. Surrounded so. by water. Yeah, surrounded well, by water completely. Actually, it's very blue yeah. around <laughs> us. It's not so blue here in Big Bob, but you, actually yeah. it's pretty blue in here. Yeah, for those who don't know, I mean, for those who are not <laughs> watching the video version, we are recording this in the back of Annie's uh, basically, mobile home. <laughs> <laughs> 1993 Volkswagen Eurovan. Yes. Um, well, what song do I feel like playing in this moment that that I could say is connected to surfing? I have, I have a couple. Because actually, that's like another thing is um, surfing helps a lot with creativity. Well, it is a form of creativity. Like, mm. there's times when if I have, like, mental blocks or something with writing, I'll just put a lot of my energy into surfing. Yeah, of course. So... Uh, I actually write a lot of lyrics when I'm out in the water. Mm, do you? I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. I actually was. I had to get out today because I had to write something. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's so but, cool. But um, this song that I think I want to play is uh, I actually wrote. Yeah, I wrote it while I was out in the water. These words came to mind. I was actually surfing down in Charleston, South Carolina, and um, there's no one else around, and it was like an unfamiliar kind of murky waters, and yeah. I was like, oh man, I'm the only one out here. And then this line just came into my head, and it was just like. I don't want to be the only fool lost at sea. Mm. And then I just, from there, like, this song was birthed. And um, it's called Heartbreak Sailor. And, uh, yeah, I wrote it while surfing. Shall I play it? Please, <laughs> please. It's also a song about just feeling free and letting go of things. Too much. 
Wow, one of my absolute favorites. I think it is my favorite song of yours, and um, maybe that's why I really wanted to play it. Yeah, I think so, and especially the first time I ever heard that song was after a pretty killer full moon ceremony on the beach. Yes, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Wow. Um, you I know, remember that day like that night like it was yesterday. Yeah, me too. The moon yeah. was bright as. Yeah, night I'll never forget. <laughs> but for me, the emotions that that song. Uh, help arise within my heart is um, just the power of transmuting pain or heartbreak through uh, creative outlets such as music and um, yeah yeah it's it's um that song really touched my heart strongly the first time I heard it and every time I hear it now just because I can really feel <laughs> the space you were in when you first wrote it it yeah, really shines cool through. cool that you say that because I feel like that's true. Every time I play it, I'm like teleported back to when I wrote it. Yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is cool. Yeah, I think that's something, Um, that's a thread that runs through all of your music. Yeah, any song really that, that I wrote, I would say, takes me back to when the, yeah. pain, the feelings that you feel. And like when I sing them, I think that's why I always sing with my eyes closed because I'm literally just like mm. feeling how I was feeling when I wrote that song. Yeah. Actually. Wow, I would love to delve deeper into your writing process because you are such a fantastic writer. Oh um, boy. Those Thanks. who are listening need to go listen to the music you have that is publicly available to um, hear for themselves. But, you know, is it just like you're surfing and a line comes to you when you hop out and you write? Or are you at home and you're listening to some other inspirational music and lines come to you? Or how do you craft these uh, such heartfelt <laughs> songs? I don't know if it's like the same process every time um and it changes like with different chapters of life or however whatever I'm going through but I mean it's definitely always been easiest to write about heartbreak but mm. like I said I just like I constantly am writing in journals and like um sometimes I'm just a lot of times I'm like writing about my days or whatever but then like if I have like Sometimes a line will come into my mind and then I'll like write it down and then like it'll turn into like a poem or something. But a lot of times, like most of the songs that I've like wrote, I feel like I'll just like sit down and I won't even say like, I'm going to write a song right now because mm. that's never really worked for me because I feel like you can't force these things. Yeah. And I've always felt that. And there's been times where like I have writer's block and I get so hard on myself, but like Anyway, like most of the songs that I wrote that I consider to be good ones are, are I just kind of sat down and started playing a chord progression and then some words will come to mind and then I'll just like, luckily we have iPhones that have voice recorder <laughs> yeah. and I'll just be like, I need to press record and then I'll just like kind of improvise. But like a lot of times, yeah, the music and the words come out at the same time, but it's usually mm. times where I'm feeling a lot yeah. and I think that's when I write the most. Yeah. I think um, that's so important not to feel the necessity to write just because you haven't written in a long time. 
You know, I feel like a lot of people do that. Like, oh, I haven't written a song in, in so yeah. long. Let me sit down and try to make something great. But um, mm. <clears throat> as you know, for <clears throat> any artist, usually um, not the most heartfelt and personal music is made that way. It just needs to come out yeah. naturally. Yeah. yeah. Like, I have this one song and the first line is, the best songs come without thinking. Mm. And that's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> just writing based on feeling. Yeah. Not really overthinking it too much. Cause then yeah. I usually just give myself a headache. Yeah. Completely. I, um, <clears throat> I, uh, I started to get back into writing some poetry of my own, which oh, cool. used to be like a deep inspiration of mine and a practice of mine back in my teenage years. And actually always throughout my life, I've just never shared it with, with much people, um, a few people here and there. You're a great but, writer. One of my favorites. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you, Eddie. <laughs> um, so I was uh, just meditating one morning a couple weeks ago and uh, this beautiful poem just kind of, it just started with one line as, as most creative works do. And it just flowed out of me. And it was something I was and am really proud of. And uh, I was so excited about me writing this poem. Like a couple days later, I was like, yeah, I want to sit down and write another great poem. And I went down to go write one and just nothing came. And for actually like a couple weeks after that, nothing as good came. And it was another reminder and lesson to me that you just have to wait for the... um, the spirit of the piece of work to flow through you. Yeah. And you can't force it. Yeah, that's 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 how I feel for yeah. sure. And I feel like practice really. like having practices like um surfing or just writing or some type of uh spiritual nourishment is what puts you back into a state of yeah. allowing you to tap Definitely. in with that spirit. Yeah. Yeah. For you, um you are someone, which I think is rare sometimes as well, who is such a fantastic writer, but also such a fantastic performer. And you have a lot of uh, live gigs during the summertime here. And even when you travel, you find gigs, yeah, which I've usually. always thought was so cool. Whether <laughs> you're in Nicaragua or yeah. Puerto Rico or something. <laughs> Mexico. <you> always, <laughs> Mexico. Like, I always see you posting like, oh, I'm playing here tonight. I'm like, how'd she get to Mexico three days ago and already has a gig? <laughs> well, I try to, I try to do that because I have, I feel like playing, it's cool to play wherever you go but um I love performing I think it's probably like my favorite one of my favorite parts about being a musician honestly um Mm. I people are like you don't get nervous I don't think I've ever I don't like I don't really get nervous like I feel like I don't know what it is but like I just feel like when I'm on stage and like I just feel like I'm in such a comfort zone Mm. and it's like kind of like it's like what I'm supposed to do and it's like the more people in the room the better because it's like more energy to feed off of Mm. and it's like it's the coolest feeling when like you're playing your own songs and people are singing along and it just I I don't know like there's no like for me there's no greater high than like the feeling of when I get off the stage yeah. aside from maybe an epic surf session. <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, yeah, I just, I definitely love performing and, and I feel like I didn't even realize, like I've been doing it for like, I guess like 10 years now. Yeah. And it's like, there's been a lot of like growth, I would say. And, yeah. and I feel like I'm in a good place right now. And I, I, I didn't even think I would ever get here. So mm. it feels cool. Yeah. But. You definitely seem, um, <laughs> always comfortable and the term you used at home is proper when you're on stage it looks like annie treza is at home and you guys are just getting a little blessing to have a glimpse to hear some of her songs so oh boy i um i really look forward to seeing you live again when things kind of get back to um opening up 
piece I've by piece. I've definitely been missing that for sure. Yeah. Um, You've been doing your Instagram lives <laughs> yeah. every Wednesday, though, which I think... Groovy Wednesdays. Yeah, Groovy Wednesdays. I think for me, it's been such... Um, such a moment of the week that's uh, inspiring to me because despite these times of being locked down and quarantined, you've been like <laughs> uh, being resilient and finding a way to take the live gig to your bedroom and to Instagram. It's definitely know. been an interesting experience. I remember like when I first started it, I was like, the first one I did, I was like, I I'm just, this is just an experiment because like, I had no other option and it went really well. And like, it's kind of cool because people from all over, like friends from all over the world and the country have been able to tune in and even friends who like never really got like get to see me play yeah. and it's like actually like I mean it's kind of weird because you're like talking to a phone screen <laughs> but like yeah. I'm at home like I'm sitting on my piano bench which is like where I spend most of my time and it's like I just feel like uh it feels feels so natural actually yeah it's kind of cool mm, but yeah. I definitely miss being on the stage and and having weekly gigs and of course things like that yeah yeah Mm, do you uh, do you have a specific memory of a gig that um, that really sticks out to you that you felt like you really tapped into a different state on stage? <laughs> do you have anything that sticks out to you? I'm curious because you you've, you're someone who's performed so yeah. much. Well, I've been. I've been performing uh, solo pretty much since I started. There was a couple friends here and there where we had like, you know, different things going on, like just summer gigs. But it's always been like a huge goal of mine to play with a band and to have a band like, you know, playing my like backing up on my original songs and things like that. And uh, I would say that every gig is pretty magical, especially like, you know, I play a lot out by the ocean here and things like that. But um. Probably the first Talk House gig, which was like, ah, uh, yeah. yeah, I would yeah. say that was a really, for me, that was a really like, um, what is, I don't know, it was just like a defining yeah. moment for my musical career. Yeah, a lot of people were there that <laughs> night. Well, yeah, well, it was just that, like, because like the Talk House is like a, is the venue out here and it's like probably one of the only real venues on the East End and it's very famous because a lot of people have played there and it's always been a goal of mine to play there but I knew it would have to be like with a band and um the band pieced together with a couple local guys out here um and then my friend who like produced my EP but um I was so nervous leading up to like I know really? I said before that I never get nervous <laughs> but this one I was so nervous because I'd like hopped on with friends bands before and done like you know a couple songs here and there but this was like I was now like sharing all the songs that I have poured so much into mm, and yeah. having a band which just added all this extra energy and it's like I like playing gigs by myself I could do like so easily but like playing with a band it's like you're now connecting with other people yes. on a stage so that's like more energy but yeah I remember being so nervous I was I couldn't sleep for like weeks <laughs> wow and yeah no it was weird it was like it, it was like my first like real band gig so I remember like leading up to it I was like yeah pretty nervous and then we practiced and like last minute kind of practiced with the drummer like the night before so that made me extra nervous because I had a, a drummer switch last mm, minute yeah. but then um, I remember as soon as I stepped out on stage and actually opened the set with Heartbreak Sailor yes I remember which was kind of cool because I would start that song by myself and then like like I would sing the first verse by myself and then the band would come in and I had Jack who's he plays lead guitar was playing violin 
And as soon as, like, I stepped on stage and, like, I saw, like, the room was pretty full. And there's a lot of family and friends who had never seen me play before. Yeah. Um, as soon as I started strumming that guitar, actually, as soon as I stepped out onto the stage, I was, I was like, yeah, this feels good. And then mm. it was just, like, the set just flowed and... Um, and yeah, and afterwards it was just like a lot of, uh, I don't know. I just felt really good, really high. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but that was definitely a huge, uh, a huge point I would say for yeah, me because for sure. after that, then it was just like, I, I started playing with a band like all the time yeah. and then I didn't get, I don't get nervous at all because yeah. it just feels like, right. Yeah. That was such an awesome but, night. Um, yeah. I remember when you played pitted that night. Yeah. Uh, that's always that was, a highlight. It was, it was a big <laughs> highlight of the night. Um, speaking of pitted, a song about surfing. Uh, yes. Can you share maybe like a couple or one like crazy surf story of yours? <laughs> you shared a couple with me, but do you have any like um, moments where you were really on the edge or moments that were really um, like, shit, I'm possibly in some danger? Because uh, being in Montauk, oh. I've heard all kinds of stories, but I would love to hear maybe one from you. Yeah, for sure. Um, let me, I mean, there's definitely a lot of them <laughs> but i mean the danger moments i yeah i have i have i have a good bit of those i can't off the top of my head i can't really think of one from home um all right even if you were traveling yeah no i think uh i mean i definitely got my shit racked in el salvador last year yeah <laughs> <laughs> one one day um for sure i lived in nicaragua for like six months yes. and uh there was there <laughs> there was one day where I think this might be appropriate for our Masters of Ceremony. Please. But I was high as hell on mushrooms. <laughs> and, I, and now the waves in Nicaragua are are, are powerful. It's yeah. like, you know, this beach break, like hollow waves, which like I don't, I like like it's, I like it, but I, I like point breaks. I like a more groovier thing than I can handle. But we pulled up to the beach and I was just, I was, it was really, <laughs> I was really feeling it. I actually had to take a walk and listen to Abbey Road to kind of calm down. But then I finally like, I paddled out and it was like at least six foot, like wow. six to eight foot. And as soon as I got out there, I was like, what am I doing out here? But like <laughs> every time I took a wave to the head, I was just cracking up underwater, like <laughs> laughing so hard because it was like, it's the most humbling experience really mm. when you're kind of like on another wave and like you're getting smashed with waves. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this wasn't the best story, no, but that, it's so perfect. clear in my yeah. mind because like I, cause I've, I've surfed on mushrooms a lot yeah. and it's, it's, amazing it's like you know it's like especially when the sun is setting and mm. it's just like then you just I, I don't know it's just like pretty much it makes it even more magical than it of already course. is it sounds like a ceremony but, to me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but no that day and i i stayed out till it got dark and i think i probably caught like three actual good waves but like i definitely ate ate it a lot wow. but it was it was like yeah i think uh, what i love most about that story is what you mentioned <laughs> um a parallel Ding I've seen down. between surfing and, um, you know, ceremonies, which is something I'm really into, um, plant medicine ceremonies, is being humbled by just a force of nature, like yeah. the ocean. Um, it reminds me of uh, uh, being in the sweat lodge where, you know, for those who don't know, sweat lodge is a tradition where you're basically in a hut, for lack of a better word, where there's a bunch of hot rocks in the center and water's being poured on them and songs and prayers are being sang. And um, it's very hot, very steamy. And it is the ultimate practice of humility because you have to, um, if it gets too hot, you're supposed to put your head down to the floor because it's cooler there. 
And uh, I see the same thing in surfing. You know, if a big wave is coming, you got to duck under it and go yeah. into it. And uh, it's a constant practice of humility. So I could only imagine so being humbling. on mushrooms in El Salvador with some big ass waves and <laughs> having yeah. to understand that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got to be humble. All, in those all I can do is just laugh and be like, "Yep, I'm getting it. I'm getting a rock. Yeah. This is awesome." Yeah, because <laughs> you never know the ocean; so unpredictable. Yeah, you got to kind of be ready for anything. Of course. Well, speaking about. Um, groovy vibes i would love to for you to maybe share a song relating to surfing as well i mean i mean it seems like all your songs kind of circle back to surfing they, in some way or another they but. do there's there's a lot of like ocean inspired lyrics i would say i mean would you like to hear a song that is specifically about surfing because i have uh, one of those it's it's totally up to you i don't know maybe uh <laughs> kind of over that song yeah <laughs> yeah 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 but, I think, but, um, but it will be it will well, be may, may, maybe um I don't know. No, play. Oh, hi, Ben. Oh, wow, little dog. Um, play whatever is coming to you now. It does not need to okay. be a song exactly about surfing. But, um, all right. Yeah, or maybe something that came to you during your travels. I'm super interested in all of your travels where you surf in El Salvador or Nicaragua or Mexico. Um, yeah. Maybe a song you wrote during your travels if you could remember one. If not, no pressure. <laughs> you know what's funny is I can't even. I have a lot of songs that I wrote when I was living in Charleston mm. or spending time down there. Yeah. Um, you can share one of those. But I don't even think that I really, I don't even know if I have it. I definitely have some Mexico songs somewhere in me, but mm. I'm like a little. I would love for you to share know. whatever song is coming to you in this moment. I'm sure we would all enjoy it regardless. Oh boy, all right. <clears throat> Actually, you know. What am I? What am I in the mood for right now? Oh boy, I, sh I should have thought about this. <laughs> I actually wouldn't mind playing this one. Um, this song connects to the ocean for sure, and the seasons and living in Montauk definitely. Perfect. It's called "Falling Out of August," and uh, September is my one of my favorite months of the year. Likewise. So, yeah, um, I think this this one's actually been in my head since the morning. So, I want to play it. Just keep singing me to 
Perfect song to play as the sun is setting. This is true. The sun is setting right on us, it seems. Yes. Wow. You have um, such a uh, such an open voice to me. I feel like it uh, it flows without hesitation. And uh, as a musician, I'm curious if you have any advice for any up-and-coming or beginner artists who are just starting their path of singing, playing guitar, playing piano, anything relating to music, if you have any advice to any musician who uh, maybe struggles with opening up their voice. I think, hmm, I feel like a couple people have said this to me, but what I think is, I think you just got to stay true to yourself, honestly. Don't try to be someone else or sound like someone else or, uh, you know, do what makes you feel good. Um, like I, I don't even like singing. I feel like I, I feel like I don't even really know how to sing. I just do it. <laughs> I, I don't know, but, um, it's natural. Yeah. I would say, cause I remember there was a time where I actually asked someone, I was like, I, I need voice lessons. And they were like, no, you don't. Cause if you take voice lessons, someone's going to try to have you sing like them and you've already mm. got something going on and just keep doing what you're doing. Wow. Beautiful. I think, um, <laughs> being authentic is, yes, is having a voice. Yeah. Wow. That's so important. Mm, beautiful advice. <laughs> to uh, to wrap up, I've been asking um, a couple of the other guests some of the same questions. Um, 
Who are some people right now who are inspiring you that you go to daily for some inspiration? It could be artists, painters, um, you know, influencers of all sorts. Who are some people you'd like to shout out right now? Um, Dead or alive. <laughs> Dead or alive. Well, uh, I've been I've been really listening to a lot of Mac Miller, to be honest with mm, you. Um, yes. And which, like, I never really, like, listened to, like, a lot of hip-hop stuff. I mean, like, I, there's some, but... I feel like I've been listening to him a lot, and I feel like it's been he's like his music's probably been in, in, influencing a lot of my writing yeah. without even noticing. But mainly like his last two albums for sure, I listen yeah. to a lot. I'm always listening to the Beatles um, and Bob, of course. But I think like those are probably the three right now that I'm like listening to, and I'm always mm. constantly inspired by friends like mm. you. I have a couple pals where like. Uh, sometimes we'll just, you know, text each other. And I feel like when we text each other, it's like, I, I like just send them something that ends up being song lyrics <laughs> or like their responses and things like that will inspire me. But I definitely feel like a lot of my friends and family are huge influences for mm. me, for sure. Anyone and anyone who's doing what they're doing, like creatively and, and things like that is always inspiring yeah. to me. Beautiful. Um, what is something, yeah, I mean, I, I may know the answer to this. But what is something you do every day that you would consider ceremonial? Staring at the ocean. Mm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge part of my days every day, you know, for sure, all year long. Yeah. That's that's like meditating for me. Mm. And just to divert real quick from the last question, um, you're someone who never ceases to express their love for rainy days and cloudy days. Yes. <laughs> what is it about rainy days and cloudy days that you love so much? Well... I love the sound of rain, honestly. Um, but I feel like it's because, like, if it's sunny like this, I feel like I need to be outside and I need to be doing something. I need to be in the water. But, like, when it's raining, I just feel like I'll even – a lot of times I'll just sit in here in the van and uh, listen to the rain hitting the roof. And I just – I don't know why I've always found the sound of rain to just be so healing mm -hmm. and inspiring. And it just, like, for some reason will just – I just feel like I write a lot yeah. more for some reason. But uh, – I, for some reason, I just feel like I, I, I can be more creative sometimes. Mm. When Likewise. It's Likewise. Yeah. They, mm. like, inspire me. And it's yeah. like you don't have to move fast. There's no sunlight to rush out for. Yeah. And... It, it can be a very uh, introspective day. Yes. Inward-looking day for yourself. Totally. Mm. Okay. Lastly, what is something in your life right now that you are trying to master? Trying to master? What do you mean? like? Something that, um, you know... Maybe for a different way of describing it would be something that you're really trying to embody to the fullest, something that you really are giving your all to. I mean, oh boy, that, why do I find that question to be so tricky? Um, I mean, I definitely feel like I'm just putting a lot of energy into music, trying to do that. Um, and then just kind of just like for my own personal self, just like staying as healthy as possible. Yeah. I think because I, you know, can get distracted at times and <laughs> can have a lack of self-control. So I'm yeah. just trying to stay focused and just keep doing things that make me feel good and surrounded, stay surrounded with people that lift up your spirits, of things course. like that. And the pursuit of attempting to master one's own health is yeah, I would <laughs> it's say a deep that, one. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. Health, health across all uh, spectrums. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Oh, boy. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Annie, for coming on Masters of Ceremony. Thank you. Um, you. It really is such a pleasure to have like 
such a close friend on this podcast. And um, to me, it means more than having the biggest musician or uh, idol of mine I could think of. It means just as much to me to have a really close homie on the show. So, Oh, boy. Well, I'm glad that, that uh, you have me on here yeah, and, and, and I can be a part of it because, yeah. you know, you mean a lot to me, too. Mm, of course. <laughs> I'm, like, super grateful for our friendship and relationship, more than words can describe. Same. Um, to send us out, would you love to maybe play uh, maybe your favorite song of one of your uh, inspirations? Maybe someone you named earlier or, um, you know, a cover, one of your favorite covers. I think that would be really cool to hear. There I know you have so many you covers. can choose from. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, from, a, from, a, from an influence? I'm trying to think of, off the top of my head. Um. <clears throat> Probably have to be a Beatles song. <laughs> That's very Maybe. fitting in what I was expecting. Probably. Or I, I've been, I've been listening to, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think Bob could be, could be a safe option. Mm -hmm. Not knew, safe I knew, option. I knew but... it would be one of those two. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this one. I think this is a Bob Dylan song. It's called "Mama, You've Been on My Mind." It's been one of my favorite songs as of recent.
Missed a word or two, but uh, anyway, that, that's Bob's song, and that I, I, I love perfect. that song. Perfect. Cool. Thank you. Thank you so much, Annie. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Fifth. Of course, of course. Peace, everyone. Peace. <laughs> wow. I was speechless. Oh, man. I was speechless. Wow. Annie's music leaves me speechless every time. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed this show, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, and please share with a friend. If you want to follow Annie Trezza on Instagram, you can find her at Annie Trezza. I know she has some shows coming up in the coming months. She has a EP out right now called Blue Suitcase Number 2. You can find that on all streaming platforms. And I really hope to share some music that her and I create with you all one day. And if you're interested in the offer that I made at the beginning of this podcast relating to the giveaway for a free limited edition vinyl of my debut album as a record producer, The Fifth Tape, all you need to do to enter is please leave a review on iTunes and DM us your email account at the Masters of Ceremony on Instagram. Thank you guys for tuning in so much, and I hope to see you next week. Peace.